Hello and welcome to Journal Sessions on the Bold Love Podcast with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. Journal Sessions is a brand new format that's a weekly 10 to 20 minute podcast that features things that are on Pastor Bob's mind. Uh, He'll share detailed lessons that he's learned. It's like a look inside his journal on the things that he is thinking deeply about and praying deeply about and then sharing what he's discovered. It's like a leadership slash mentor slash deep thinking podcast that we hope will be great value as you listen. So just think of journal sessions as an expansion from a very insightful tweet thread from Bob on topics of interest. Uh, But don't worry, we'll continue to post our normal format of interviews uh, with well-known bridge builders, peacemakers, and really just helping listeners learn how to better love their neighbor as we go. On today's episode, Pastor Bob talks leadership, lessons he's learned in leadership roles, what it looks like to lead while imitating Christ, and what it means to lead in this cultural context. Take a listen. I want to talk to you for a few minutes today about leadership. What does it mean to lead in our current cultural context? How do we lead? What does it look like? When I think about leadership, I think about Abraham, who's an old man that God calls to do something very hard. I think about Moses, who gave God five reasons why he didn't need to be the person to go set the people free. I think about Paul, who was not looking for a new job when God calls him. I think about so many in the Bible that God spoke to them about doing things, and and they weren't looking as leaders to be followed. They weren't trying to figure out, how can I get people to follow me? I'm a leader. There was a mission instead that needed to be done, and that was everything. This is why Paul said, with reference to his leadership, 1 Corinthians 11.1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Because leadership wasn't three easy steps to fulfill your dreams or, or six ways to get people to follow you or how to achieve this or that. I think they saw leadership very different. I saw this in my own life in ministry at a point when I knew how to grow a church, leadership by vision, leadership by enthusiasm, leadership by here we go, everybody, aren't we excited about this? But then I discovered is we begin to deal with racial issues in our church and we desegregated. And I also discovered that when we begin to reach out to the Muslim community and the Jewish community, many people got upset about that. Aren't we a church? What are we doing having friendship with those? And what I realized was it was one thing to lead everybody on an objective that benefited them. They were going to have this nice church and good music and and, and everything else for their families. But when it came to challenging some of the core feelings that that we had towards others, it became very hard. When it meant a change in culture, that's a different kind of leadership. It was also a leadership that frankly demanded obedience. It was the whole Moses thing. You're going to go in, you're going to get these people free, and they're going to be excited because they don't want to be bound up anymore. But things are going to be hard. It's not going to be easy along the way. That's really a different kind of leadership than let's just grow our church. Do you realize most pastors, the vision is let's grow the church? And and the biggest thing that they raise is a lot of money to build another building. That's not what Paul did. It's not what Moses or Abraham did. Instead, it was about a vision, a mission. Not saying it's bad to raise money to build buildings, but God's called us to do more than be religious real estate agents. He's called us not just to change the culture, but to create a new culture, a culture of the kingdom. 
I like what David is said about him in Psalm 78. It says, God chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to the shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. And I love this. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hands. Do you realize that nothing is lost in your life that you've been through? Who would have thought that being a shepherd would prepare David for leadership of Israel as a king like no other king before or after him? But it did. It did. Let me just give you a few simple things to keep in mind as you're thinking about leadership. Number one, true leadership, it demands your whole life, not just your job, not just the mission that you're accomplishing. It demands your whole life. Do you know how long it takes to change the world? One of my mentors once told me that generally anybody who changes the world takes a minimum of 30 years. In American culture, everything is really fast. It's quick. I remember thinking to myself in my 20s, man, I've got to make it by 30 or I'm too old. And if I'm in my 30s, I've waited too late. And, and if I turn 40, I remember at the age of 40, I'd not accomplished anything that I thought I would have accomplished. But here's what I discovered. What I was going through in my 20s, what I was going through in my 30s, was all preparation of what I was going to go through. There isn't anything that's wasted in your life. God needs time in order to plant things within you that have to die so that they can grow back new and alive and be different. So it takes an entire life to change the world, and it's not going to happen all at once. Keep in mind as well, your life is your platform, not some stage, not a product, not a book, not a result. Your life is your platform. It's your life that's your credibility. I like what Bob Bill says about credibility. He says it's character plus time plus results equal credibility. And that's what your life is. You're building a credible statement. The difference between success and failure in leadership is just a little bit. That's it. It's just a little bit. A little bit more discipline, a little bit more time, a little bit more focus, a little bit more endurance. The difference between success and failure in leadership is just a little bit. See, we think that leadership happens because we get some big break and everything explodes. Not so. There's a man named Howard Gardner. He's a, he's a neuropsychologist, taught, teaches at Harvard, written many books on intelligence and how people think and learn. Here's what he says. Breakthroughs happen with every 10 years of disciplined, focused study and practice. Think about that. 10 years. Now, here's a guy who understands how creativity happens and moments and all of this. It's not like what we think at all. We, we look at breakthroughs that come. No, they don't happen accidentally, out of the dark, not being expected. It takes 10 years of focus. And what are you doing? You're just enduring and pushing it with everything you, you have. I used to think courage was the most important trait for a leader who's challenging the culture. I, I think courage is important. But courage will only get you so far. Here's the bigger virtue. It's endurance. To hang in there for the long haul. Can you just keep plugging away and don't 
stop. I think it was Howard Hendricks who once said, just don't give up. If you just don't give up, you'll last longer than everybody else and you'll outlast your critics. Every 10 years and 30 years to change the world, I've seen that in my own life. I first discovered the kingdom and I began to preach it and study it. And then I discovered a way to make disciples through this little thing of up in and out. And then I began to understand how we engage nations. And and from nations, I understood domains. And from domains, it took me into working in the public. And working in the public took me to working with people of other religions, which ultimately led to peacemaking. There's no way if you would have said, Bob, in your 20s, you're going to be a peacemaker. Or even in my 30s, I would have said, what are you talking about? But there's all these things that have to happen, all these experiences that you have to have. Don't view Growth is merely knowledge and information. View growth as character development, wisdom development. In everything that you're doing, you're growing not just your mind, but who you are as a person. Because if you're going to change culture, and it's going to take a good while, you just can't grow your mind. You've got to also be growing your heart, your wisdom, your endurance, and all that. And and let me say this. When you are working on those daily little wins and and you're just driving it and you're pushing through, something to keep in mind is there will be moments where things happen. And when those moments are present, you'll be ready. What looks like just a break out of the clear blue that happened to everybody else, for you, you'll know, I, I was ready for the moment. It's not something that happens accidentally along the way that somebody gets a break It's when a moment happens and they've been prepared, and then they can respond to it. I've seen that in my own life as I've worked around the world with different people of different religions and the tension that they face. I was working for years doing this behind the scenes. I never dreamed we'd be getting pastors and imams and rabbis and and people from different countries together and tribes together, people that don't like one another, that don't get along. Never in a million years would have I planned for that. How do you even do that? But as you slowly read, you learn, you experience things, it changes everything. Timing is incredible, but timing is from God. You have to be ready. When he opens the door, you can go through it. I once uh, was visiting with my son, and and he was going in 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 a special class to Austin and learning from these business leaders and so forth. And there were three things he said that were important that they looked for to invest. One was the vision. The other was the money. And the third was the team. And he said, Dad, which one do you think that they went with? Well, immediately I said, the vision or the idea. He said, no, Dad, visions and ideas are a dime a dozen. The key thing is the team. That's it. Do they execute? Do they do it with excellence? Do they share the vision? Do they have a strong work ethic? If you have a team, you can have an inferior vision or an idea, and it'll be more successful because no one can do their idea on their own. Leaders, listen to me. If you really want to see something exceptional happen, spend more time on your team than you do on your idea. Get the right people around you. And when you do, then when your time is up, like I'm no longer the senior pastor at Northwood, and I love it, then somebody else can do that, and it frees you to do other things. 
everything that I'm involved in right now, I work with different organizations. My question is, who's going to head this organization up? Who, who can be there? Look for those staff members that have vision, but also have strong work ethic and excellence and execution. And frankly, most people just want to do a job. But that's not, frankly, how the world works. Great leaders lead with their lives and everything they are, not just their mouths. So one of the things that I would encourage you to do as you think through what it means to lead in this season is to view your life as a whole. I remember I've had the same mentor since my late 30s, a man named Bob Bill. And Bob used to always tell me in my 30s and my 40s and my 50s, and now I'm 64. But he would tell me in my 50s, but he always said, you know what your greatest decade is? And I'd always say, what? And he'd always tell me, it's your 60s. I never believed him. I mean, you had to make it by the time you were in your 30s. But he said, no, whether it's finance or global leadership, it doesn't matter. Your greatest decade of fruitfulness is in your 60s. I didn't believe him. But you know what? He was right. He was right. And I've seen God put things together in my own life, in my 60s, like no other time. Uh, recently, some of my friends were, were, are all writing memoirs. And somebody said, Bob, you ought to write yours. And I said, no, there's too much going on right now in my 60s. When you live your life and your goal is to say, God, what do you want me to do that's going to advance your kingdom, that challenges the status quo, and you're challenging the culture? Just know that as you get older, God will use you even more if you'll continue to grow your mind, but also your heart, your wisdom, and your maturity. Leadership. There's a lot of people who want to be leaders. I've discovered the best leaders are not people who want to lead people, but people who've heard God's voice and there's something that needs to be accomplished. Lead imitating Christ. Thank you so much for joining us for Journal Sessions with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. on the Bold Love Podcast. If you were impacted by this conversation, we would like to ask a favor. First, if you found this episode impactful, please share it on social media and recommend it to a friend. Second, like most podcasts, we are able to make these impactful conversations happen with support from partnering organizations and individuals like you. If you felt led to support these type of conversations, you can do so now and give at support.boldlovepodcast.com. Cast.com. Whether it's a single gift or a monthly donation, we are so thankful for you. For more information on this podcast, show notes, and any other references, you can go to boldlovepodcast.com to get all the information there. We appreciate you joining us. And remember on the Bold Love Podcast, we encourage you to live out your faith boldly, learn how to better love your neighbor, and learn how to relate to others despite your differences without compromising your faith. See you next time.